Lord, we just lift our hands to you right now and we worship you. We thank you, God, that you are here in this place. We thank you, God, that we can sense your presence. Lord, we can feel your touch. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we continue in this service, Lord, that your glory be revealed, that your touch will be upon each one of us. Lord, we, we long for you, God. We long, Lord, to, to walk in your presence, Lord, to experience you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much that you are gracious. Thank you, God, that you're merciful. Thank you, Lord, that your love endures forever and ever. Lord, we surrender to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Any good? Amen. Amen. One more thing that was shared with us this weekend, and I just thought it was awesome to think about. Our obedience in worship, when we are obedient to worship Him, because He's worthy, and that never changes. But when we are obedient, it allows the living water of God to flow through us and out of us so that others can walk on it. Amen. Our ushers are going to come at this time to allow us to continue this worship. You know, um, how many set, have been, how many of you have been set free? Amen. Right? There's a, an older song that, that uh, I, I truly love and grew up on, and I, I, I just feel like singing. Is that all right? Can we sing it? Who's leading? Go ahead, Steve. Jesus. 
did good. Amen. I'm glad that I am set free. I don't know if I can preach up there till the carpet gets up there, so I'm going to just go ahead and be down here today. If they're afraid to sing up there, I guess I'm afraid to preach up there. I don't know. <laughs> I do appreciate all of those who have really sacrificed time and yes. These, these guys, I mean, it's the unseen work that is really um, amazing, and I really appreciate all who have participated and, and helped clean and helped get it ready. So thank you guys so much. Amen. <laughs> God is so awesome. So good. Dave, it's good to see some of your family with us this morning. They had their 50th wedding anniversary yesterday. Yeah. I didn't realize that Debbie was such a saint. What? 52. Come on. 50 also. There you go. Man, all kind of saintly women in here putting up with these guys. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, if we can't have fun here, we'll have fun, right? That's right. You know, um, I'm going to be looking into Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. You know, um, living in Honduras, uh, I always, you know, my dad took me fishing when I was young, and I never considered myself much of a fisherman. I wasn't much of a hunter either. I, I had guns, went hunting. Uh, you know, we, we went fishing, but I was too impatient. It's kind of like golf. I just could, couldn't do it. I was, honestly, I was probably just too ADD to do either one. I mean, you throw that thing out there, and you're like, okay, let's go. Jump on that baby. I'm coming out. After about the third cast, I'm like, I'm out of here, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I never was much of a fisherman. I just couldn't handle that. I mean, I, I figured there's too many other productive things that I could be doing. <laughs> I know Don, uh, Donnie Wormsley would disagree with me. Uh, Donnie, if you're watching online, I, you know, I understand. I talked uh, one time about fishing and uh told a story about fishing, and, and the only thing he got out of the whole service was fishing. <laughs> so he told his wife, he said, I learned something today, fishing is good. <laughs> I said, that was not what the sermon was about. But anyway, <laughs> but, you know, um, one, of the, one of the highlights of, of, that I had was 
every year when they were launching the shrimp boats out, uh, these shrimp boats would go out for nine months at a time. And uh, they would invite me to come and pray over the ships, pray over the, over the crew that was going out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's dangerous. People, I mean, it's, you know, we think of just going out to the lake or something and going out. But, uh, I mean, I've literally seen waves so big that it would take a ship under. And these guys have experienced the loss of friends who have seen their ships capsized and never found their crews before. And so for, for them to invite me out was a, a great honor. And, and, and it was a proclamation of, we believe God is able to protect us. And so, you know, you, you go out to these massive boats and, and you get on, you crawl over, and it smells like diesel fuel and oil everywhere. Um, and you, you go into the hull where the big freezers are. And, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to see all the, the labor that goes on because though they only are out nine months uh, of a year, they, they actually are working year-round because when that boat comes in, they literally go through and they're repainting, they're, they're uh, uh, fixing their nets, they're getting everything prepared for that next season. It, it, it's amazing. Um. So I would have a prayer over them, and I, and I realized, I mean, I, th- I just thought about it. You have these, these shrimp boats have these two big, um, I I'm sorry, I'm not detailed on the um, nomenclature of all of the parts of the boat, but these two big poles, <laughs> this is what we're going to say, right? Uh, booms, and uh, you know, just to think of all the laborers, because each boat uh, had multiple laborers, you go into their quarters, and, and uh, the captain's quarters are always a little nicer. You know, he actually had a bathroom in his quarters. Um, the, the crew didn't have a bathroom, but, and they slept. Literally, their nose was almost touching the bunk above them, and, and they would sleep, you know, eight people in one little room. And, and just, I thought, man, the, the dedication and the sacrifice that they made just so they could bring funds home to survive for their families. I mean, I mean, it, it was a, it was great to have a job, and that's what many of their jobs were. And, and sadly, is is that we also prayed for the the mothers who stayed home, who were who were uh, basically husbandless and fatherless for nine months of those years, and how they would have to take care of their kids and so on and so forth. It was it was uh, devastating. But I realized that we're on our, our next word, find, intercede, network, invest, send, harvest, network. And, 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 and in that thought process, I begin to think, how does the net work? How does the net work? And in Jesus' day, they were multiple types of nets that they used. They were those that were actually attached to the boat that they would cast out and, and pull in. They were the circular nets, which, you know, uh, are used throughout the New Testament. There were, there were other types of nets. And, and, and yet, when you think about the type of net that they were using that day, it was not a net that was to be used alone. And when you think of the body of Christ, God's not called us to work alone. God's called us to something greater. He's called us to a kingdom purpose. I mean, the Bible talks to us about a, a body 
has many members. So many times I feel like we, the enemy wants to get us into a place where we feel alone, where we feel like we're by ourselves, where we feel like we're only able to accomplish this. I, and I will admit, as having served as a, a manager of a store before and having had uh, uh, leadership opportunities and roles, and there's times when I've thought to myself, if I want something done right, I've got to do it myself. Some of you ever had that feeling? Y'all have had kids too, huh? <laughs> Just kidding. But, you know, when we realize that every one of us has gifts, every one of us has something that the Lord has instilled in us to serve, to connect, and to be part of something bigger than we are. And when, when we realize that not everybody likes what we like, not everybody has the same giftings, not everybody has the same talents, and, and just because one person may do something different doesn't mean that they're wrong. It means that there's a different type of people that they can reach that we can't reach. Come on, somebody. And too many times we get into a religious mode where we, where we feel like, well, this is the way it's got to be if, God, if, if we expect God to move. And yet God has moved throughout history in multiple fashions, in different ways, in different styles, and, 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 and things that we would say, I can't believe God would do that. And yet God does it. And we can't get ourselves up, upset or worried about how God moves. We just need to learn to trust God and let him fulfill his plan in us. Because God may do something different. If you have your Bibles with me in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 says, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. Say two boats. Two boats. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little way. In other words, come on, let's get out a little bit from the, from the land. And he sat down and began, to te began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep, say launch, Launch, launch into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say. In other words, come on. In other words, at your word, I'll let down the nets. Verse 6, when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so they began to sink. Come on. In verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of the fish which they had taken. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will fill this boat so full that we begin to call the other boats. 
Lord, that we would learn that we are not on an island by ourselves, but God, we are part of the kingdom of God. We're part of a great purpose. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you have called us to this moment, that you've called us to this time. And God, use us, fill us, encourage us, and strengthen us for the labor ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here, you know, when you think about it, Jesus, he didn't go down to the, to the dock to help them catch fish. Jesus went down to the dock to catch them. I think that we have to realize that God's called us to a purpose of catching people. Amen? And that when we catch people, we have to learn that we can't just catch clean fish. If you've ever caught one, a clean fish, I want to hear about it. And I don't want one of your fish stories. The fact is, is that when we catch fish, we, we, there's a process of discipleship. There's a process of preparing them to fulfill what we've caught them for. Amen? I think sometimes uh, we get into the rut where we just expect people to come in ready to go. Right? And yet, did you come in ready to go? No. No. We came in and we needed help. <laughs> and here's Jesus teaching. You know, I imagine that Peter and them were sitting there and like Jesus steps into their boat and like, wait a minute, man, I'm just cleaning my nets. How many churches have been caught just cleaning the nets? How many times do we get to a place? I mean, when you think about the nets, the, the, they're not made out of the nice materials that, are, that we make them out of today. Uh, they literally had to pull those nets out and clean them because uh, they would rot. That material would literally rot if it wasn't cleaned out. But I think we get so caught up in the religious side of just cleaning the nets that we forget to go put them back in sometimes, right? We get so busy trying to make sure we look good and everything's uh, in, a, in its place and uh, everything is appropriate that we often forget the purpose of the net. And how does the net work? Well, we, you know, we got to be busy about the Father's business, Amen. And I imagine these guys are sitting there and they're listening to, uh, listening to Jesus teach. Jesus walks up, they're cleaning their nets. He gets into the boat. He didn't say, hey, can I get in your boat? <laughs> Aren't you glad that Jesus stepped into your boat? He didn't ask, can I get in your boat? He stepped into their boat. And, and I don't know what these guys, it didn't say that they just dropped their nets. But I'm assuming that they had to just drop their nets because Jesus just got in the boat. And when Jesus got in the boat, he said, let's go, boys. Let's launch out. They get out in a little bit, and he's teaching for a while, and they're listening. Peter's probably antsy because he'd been up all night long. He's been working. He's been laboring. He's wore out. He's tired. And here Jesus is teaching. It's kind of like the apostle Paul uh, when he's up in the, uh, the room teaching, and the young man falls out of the out of the window. They've been up all night long, and Paul's still, and Paul's still teaching. Here's Jesus. They've been up all night long. Jesus is teaching. They're tired. And then Jesus profoundly says, launch out to the deep. I think sometimes we get comfortable by the shore. Sometimes we get satisfied in just listening to a little bit of teaching. 
We get satisfied with just Jesus being in the boat. Well, Jesus is in the boat. We all right. Yet Jesus has not called us just to sit in the boat. Jesus has not called us just to sit around and, and, and listen. He's called us to a purpose of launching out because the, mm, the world is not coming to your four walls. But we have to go out. We have to go, go and do and be for the kingdom of God. He called them to launch out into the deep. And when they launched out, the, the thing is, is that obedience makes the difference. Thank you for talking about obedience a few moments ago, Beverly, because it is obedience. Because so many times, if we have an attitude that is not willing to obey, if we have an attitude that is not walking in humility, we miss out on hearing what the voice of the Lord is speaking to us. We've got to be willing to, to say, yes, Lord, but we, we have, we have but, 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 Lord. Too many times we're, it's hard to find teamwork because everybody's trying to find their excuse of why they should do it the way they should do it. But I've done it that way. Isn't that what P Peter said? But Lord, we've been doing it all night. I mean, this is not some novice fisherman. This is not somebody who just decided, hey, I'm going to go fishing tonight. <laughs> In reality, these, there's a partnership between James and John and Peter. They have a business, if you will, together. And this is somebody who is industrially fishing on a purpose of making money because the Bible does tell us that they were hooks as well. <laughs> I mean, if you remember, Jesus told him to go put a hook in a fish and pull a coin out, right? So there were hooks available, but these guys were commercial fishermen. They, it wasn't that they were novice. They understood the process of fishing, and they had been doing it all night long. And Peter looks at Jesus and he said, wait a minute. I mean, we've been doing this all night long. How many know that sometimes we have the wrong attitude? Sometimes we have the wrong motive. And, and, and if we don't get ourselves aligned up with the plans of God and realize that just because we might be experienced, I've got experience in doing this. Right? Man, I tell you what. If, if, if we're not careful, we get into the mindset that we've been in this, we've been on this journey so long that we know what it's all about. And the, and the Word of God tells us, be careful when you think you're strong, lest you fall. Because it's, it's, it's when we get to a place where we think we're so experienced and that we don't, we don't we, we, we've been down this road before. That doesn't tempt me anymore. I'm not tempted by that anymore because I'm stronger than that. I've, I've overcome that. I don't need that anymore. But, you know, we have to realize that different levels, different devils. And it may not be that you're tempted with alcohol or drugs. It may not be that you're tempted with certain uh, things that we look at as like the epidemic of sin. But it could be that you're tempted by pride because you think that you're better than everybody else. 
And, 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 and so therefore, we have to be careful to watch our attitude to make sure that we are aligned with the, the Holy Spirit when he says launch, that we are able to launch. That when he says go, that we're able to go. And, and, and the thing is, like I said, we, we get to a place where this is the way it's done. And, and guys, don't get me wrong. I love, I love church. I'm a churchy person. I love it. But when it gets into the, the rut of three songs and offering a message and then go home, then, then are we really missing the big picture? Because walking in the kingdom of God, walking in the process that God has called us to is much more than that. The net doesn't work that way. It takes us working together. It takes us fulfilling a plan together, doing what God says. And then Jesus in the scripture says, throw your net on the right side. You know, we assume, listen to this, we assume that they were throwing it on the left side the whole time. Don't we? I mean, isn't that what you think? We assume that they were throwing it on the left side, so Jesus said throw it on the right side. But if it is the type of net that attaches to the boat, it's probably been on the right side of the boat the whole time. What Jesus is saying is do it again. But I've done it that way over and over and over again, Lord. I've been to this spot. This is the prime spot. This is where, this is where we know we catch the most fish. This is, this is how it's been done. This is the way we've always done it. And yet, I'm sorry for walking behind you guys. And yet Jesus says, do it again. <laughs> we don't always understand it. We can be frustrated by it. It, it can be aggravating. Well, I'm experienced. I know what this is about. I know what to do here. I'm not a dummy. But if we have that kind of mentality, how often are we right at the brink of the next cast away from receiving what God has for us? How many times do we, we give up because we've been doing it all night long and we give up right at the brink of automatically receiving what God has for us? We just stop. We're too tired. We're too weary. We're done. We're over with. We're not going to do it anymore. How many get that way in your faith sometimes? Lord, it just seems like I'm just fighting every single day, God. It just seems like over and over again, it's overwhelming. I'm tired. I'm ready to give up. I'm done. I don't know what else to do. Nobody seems to be on my side. Nobody seems to be with me. I feel alone. I, 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 I'm done. And yet the Lord says, launch out one more time. Launch out just one more time. God, help us. Let me tell you something. If the Lord's saying do it, it is the perfect time. If the Lord is saying do it, 
His timing is perfect. His plans are perfect. His technique, it might be that you have done it that way over and over again, but when he says do it, it just seems that everything falls together. Everything seems to happen just right when we begin to surrender to his will. I mean, look look at the people that he had that he, that he actually caught. Look at the people that he was using. I mean, here, here he, he is. He's... he's a Getting these guys, and, and, and he's got Peter. Think about Peter. He's an outspoken leader. He's bold. He's courageous. Andrew, he's the, he's the networker. He's the one who introduced um, Andrew. He, he's the one who introduced Peter to the Lord. It's James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were the, the helper and the prolific writer. When you think of John, he was the one that wrote the Gospel of John in the first and second, third John Revelations. Think about Philip. Uh, He's possibly a Greek scholar because, you know, his name is Greek. Over, look at all these different guys. The government guy, the skeptical realist Thomas. I mean, all these guys. Jesus, he had an outspoken leader. He had a networker, a helper, a writer, a scholar, a thinker, a tax guy, a realist, an administrator, a fighter, an armor bearer, a treasurer on his team. What a team! Can you imagine when we all begin to put our gifts and talents together, what kind of team we, we really can be? Amen? God wants us to work together. He wants us to be submitted to him. In Luke 5, verse 10, I mean, here they are, they've... Jesus is giving them a commission. He said, therefore, I will make you fishers of men. Do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. That could be intimidating to these guys. I mean, when you consider what they have been doing all their life. God's commissioning us the same way. God's calling us to fulfill his plan. It might be overwhelming to us. It might seem like, how can we do that? But when I think of the church of God, we are a network of churches. We're not by ourselves. There's something like 46,000 church of God pastors around the world. There's over 12 million people meeting in church of God's around the world. But even with such an organization, the Church of God recognizes that it can't fulfill the kingdom purpose by itself. We connect with other organizations. I was thankful that, that we connect with Samaritan's Purse to be able to fulfill a process of OCC, Operation Christmas Child, to see that our organization says, look, Guys, we have found another partner to be able to go out, another person to be a part of the net that we cast out to touch people's lives. Amen? I think of people for caring learning that, that went out and were working in Cambodia. And in Cambodia, uh, they were in the inner city ministry. Over 6,000 people were being cast out of the inner city, literally were taken by buses and put into uh, uh, on open land, on a farmland, with no place to live or anything. 
and people for care and learning, the Church of God, listen to this, guys. The sister organization went in, networked with community leaders, networked with, with the government because this is in a country that the gospel was not able to be preached. And yet what we did is we didn't go plant a church. We said, Let us, can we come in and build houses for these people? Over, over a thousand houses were built. And guess what? Today, now they let us put a church. We built houses. We built a police station. We built a market. And now we have a church. And now not only do we have a church there, but now because of the favor of God of being able to network with organizations like the Church of God, like uh, other, other denominations, now there's been churches being planted throughout the country of Cambodia. If we get isolated, if we get into a mentality that we can't, we, we're by ourselves and we're alone and, and, and we're afraid to work with others, we lose out on the greater opportunity to touch the world. Amen? You know, when I think of what we do with buy a tree, change a life, somebody says, well, that's just selling Christmas trees. No, it's much more than Christmas trees because buy a tree, change a life came out of people for care and learning a sister organization. It was started so that it was started by one little church said, we want to help a family who wants to adopt a child from Cambodia. Well, guess what? They raised $35,000 selling trees. They said, well, you know what? Why do we want to stop here? Why don't we do something greater? Why don't we continue supporting other ministries? And, and, and last year, they raised over $1.2 million selling trees with 40-something churches involved in selling Christmas trees. We, we are a part of a network that's raising funds to touch the world globally and locally because we network, because we work together. Amen. That's all right. When you think somebody, I was talking to somebody this past week, they said, Pastor, this church is full of volunteers. When you think of what it takes for this church to operate Every single Sunday. I mean, on October the 6th, we're going to have a mission service and we're going to have a video for Mana Outreach Ministries and talk about all that they, that they do and all the volunteers that happens there. God's Closet. Uh, when we talk about the homeschool co-op, we talk about the Parents Day Out program, we talk about CR. This church is, is active almost every single day of the week. Isn't that exciting? But it couldn't happen without you guys. We're... If you, if you serve on the media team, I want you to stand. Go on. Media team members. Awesome. Look, we can't do this without these guys. They make a difference. Ushers and, and greeters, would you stand? These guys make a difference. If you volunteer in Mana Ministries, would you stand? If you're in our men's and ministry, men's and women's ministries, would you stand? They're probably working in children's church or something this morning. 
Look, when you think of all the networks in our church, children's ministry, the administration side of making sure all the facilities are operating, when you think of maintenance, I mean, we've got men who, who are in this church that if I say, hey, brother, there's a, a, a lock that's broken or a light switch that's out, these guys jump in. If there's a heat and air unit that's messed up, these guys jump in. I mean, you talk, talk about parents day out. What about homeschool co-op? How many of you guys are a part of the, the parents day out in the homeschool co-op? Go ahead and stand up, you guys. Come on, these are, these are teachers. These are people who are working. Dan and Stan. Thank you, guys. Over and over, this is a network of people involved. Look, I appreciate our care ministry. With, our, with all those who, who work in our care ministry stand. Go ahead, guys. I know y'all don't like this. Y'all don't. Amazing. Amazing. These are guys who prepare for, for meals or, or help coordinate meals after, after a funeral or before a funeral. These are guys who, you know, send out a card when somebody's missing because they're sick. All these things. Coordinate when somebody is, is having surgery, needs a meal or something. Look, this is, this is how we operate. You want a place to belong? You want a place to, to get involved? You want a place that is working together to care for other people? You found it right here. And look, if you haven't had that opportunity to find that niche where you can be a part, it's an opportunity. It's right here available. We'd love you to jump in. We have youth ministry, children's ministry. We have so many other things going on. And I, and I'm, I know I'm in trouble because I forgot about half of them. But I'm thankful for every one of us. Look, from the moment somebody walks in the door, there's, there's a smiling face. There's a touch that somebody has done. To the time they walk into the facility, somebody else has touched them. Given a word, given a shake, given a, hey, what's up, you know? But then if a parent comes in with a child, somebody can lead them to our child check-in where they can be registered, make sure their kid's safe in a, a safe place in children's ministry. And then an usher comes and these guys make sure the room temperature is okay. And I know we can't please everybody. Some of you guys probably got blankets on because it's cold and I'm up here sweating to death. I don't know, you know. But these guys do their best and they, they, they listen to all the, you know, complaints but they do their best to make sure that the temperature is the best it can be. We have a creative team that does their best to make sure that we are, uh, make sure that we're looking at how we can be fresh. I mean, you, I know that some of you guys probably haven't painted your house in 30 years, but a lot of people like to paint their house every once in a while so it looks a little more modern. It's not that what you did in 1980 doesn't look good. But the pink tub and the green <laughs> shower's got to go. Right? Of course, those mustard colors are coming back. <laughs> what else? But thank, thankfully, we have people who want to volunteer their time. And that's the other side. All these folks are volunteers. They say, we're here to serve. I mean... All the Sunday school teachers and discipleship teachers that we have for Wednesday nights and Sundays and, and the discipleship classes that go on Sunday nights and throughout the week, you guys are amazing. 
we would not be able to fulfill the task of finishing the Great Commission without every single one of you guys. You guys are amazing. That's how the net works, is when we work together and we work with the right attitude and the right mindset. When you think of our core values, to be spirit-led, right? To be authentic, to be missional, to be life-giving, and to be collaborative. All those are part of who we are. All that's a part of the plan that God's called us to be, who he's called us to be. It takes working together. Amen? Look, I want to see this church full, not for the wrong motives. I want to see this church full because I want to see people who love, who are growing in Christ Jesus, who love the Lord, who want to experience the presence of God, who want to go back out empowered by the Holy Spirit to reach a lost world. That's why I want to see this church full. And man, I pray that as our boat gets filled up, that we can call sister boats. We can call, we can call a, a, another church of God across the town and say, hey, brother, we need some help. The boat's a little full. The net's about to break. Come on, somebody. Right? We can call a sister and brother and say, hey, man, we need some help. Wouldn't it be nice? We need some help. Amen. I believe that's God's plan for us is to be a leader, come on, to be a, a leader of reaching out and helping other boats. But it takes us working together. Please, how does that work? How does that look? Because look, the enemy can infiltrate and cause you to stir up and have strife. Number one, this is something that I have to live by myself. Make sure you recognize that everybody's broken. There's no, look, if you think that you are not broken, then you're already broken. <laughs> recognize that everyone, everyone is broken and they're not going to get it right all the time. And the same grace that you want to receive when you're broken you're going to have to give when somebody else is broken, right? Recognize that we're all on the same team. Because look, if you, I mean, I know some of you guys are Vols fans, and, and look, if that team starts breaking down and doesn't play together and starts fighting each other on the field, it's going to be a bad day. We have to realize that we're on the same team. We have a same purpose. We all want to win. Right? So being willing to understand we're on the same team, and if somebody's doing something differently, it's not because they're against us. It's because we're on the same team. Let's find out why they're doing it so that we can get on board or we can help them find a better way. Right? Lastly, everything we do has to be motivated out of love. We have to respect and love. We have to value each other. Because at the end of the day, if we're a part of the body of Christ, can you stand beside that front person in front of Jesus and still worship the Lord? If you have developed animosity with a fellow brother or sister, then can you stand in front of the Lord and say, 
I love you, Lord. I don't like you. And it's not going to happen. Matter of fact, the Word of God says if you have, if your brother has ought against you, it doesn't say if you have ought against your brother. If your brother has ought against you, come lay your gift at the altar and then go, right? Then go make it right. You've got to be motivated out of love. Because I believe we have some of the greatest people in the world. People tell them, people come here and visit and they say, man, you guys, you guys are amazing. People look at the the what we do in the community with all of the outreach ministries that we do, and they say, man, your church is, act, is so active. I'm like, yes. But I want us to be careful because how the net works is we all have to work together. Because when one area of ministry is overwhelmed, it may mean that somebody has to call another boat in. And it may be that we have to say, hey, I need you. I need your help. And we have some of the most amazing people in this church. I'm thankful for all of you guys. It's time to network and let the net work. Amen? Father, I know that this is somewhat different today. I recognize that when I look at all that you've called us to do, God, that you have anointed us and appointed us for such a time as this. And Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for a church that is compassionate and caring. I'm thankful for a church that that loves the world. Jesus, you said that you love the world because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We love the world not so that we can compromise with the world. We love the world not because we want to identify with the world. We love the world so much that we're willing to stand in the truth and rescue those who are broken and hurting. We love the world with the heart of the Father who sees a generation lost and undone. As a shepherd who recognizes a sheep that is lost. And Lord, help us to, Lord, walk in the fulfillment of your plan of the Great Commission. Help us to work together, recognizing that we're not against each other, but we are on the same team. And graciously loving and encouraging and working together But Lord, help us to realize that we're not the only ship that's on this world. And Lord, that we are able to look across at brothers and sisters around our neighborhood and around our community, that we recognize that we may, there's ministries that we don't have that they do that we can join with and we can partner with and we can cross aisles and say we are here to work together because there's a people who need to see the love of God shining through us. Because this is how the world will know that we are your disciples, that we have love one for another. And God, help us to have a love one for another. Thank you, God, that that you didn't call Church of God or Baptist or Methodist or Episcopalians. You didn't call denominations. You called us to be your servants, the body of Christ. 
And Lord, we can reach out with the body of Christ and we can work together with all of our differences as long as we recognize the fundamental understanding that Jesus is the Lord. He is the Savior of the body. We can recognize that you are the only way, truth, and life. We can work together. Lord, today, we commit ourselves to the network of the kingdom of God, to the network of the local church. Lord, committed to serve in your kingdom plan. We thank you, Jesus, that you are at work in us. If there's animosity, if there's a hindrance, if there's a struggle, then God, help us to be compassionate, loving, and Lord, help us to seek understanding, praying for one another, for your word to be fulfilled. God, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know we had an altar call earlier for for praying for the sick. Would you, those who came up, would you continue to remember them? I know that Miss Deborah has a procedure this week. I know that John Davis has a procedure this week. I know that Kathy Lozier has one next, not this Monday, but the following Monday on the 26th. Um, Brother Roy Latham goes and, and uh, to the doctor to find out what they're going to do with uh, the spot that they found in him. Would you call these people's name out this week? Would you remember them? Would you believe, uh, as we have already believed in healing, that would you believe with us that God is going to heal those? Amen? I mean, Gary had his eye surgery and uh, thought he was going to have to go back and have another eye surgery and they went in and said that his eye, his, his actually sight is actually 2020. Isn't crazy? And so they said, well, let's, he does have a cataract. And so they said, let's wait till after Christmas and let's take the cataract off. I mean, the Lord's already up to something. Deborah's already had a report and said the, the pre- preliminary pathology says there's no cancer. Amen? We're going to believe for Pat that there's no cancer in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's be a church of faith. Let's be a church that prays for each other. Let's be a people who own, are on this journey together. Look around you. There's people who want to walk on this journey with you. You're not alone. If anyone of you in your heart says, I feel by myself, then you, look, there's a modern technology. And I know, I mean, I don't know what my brain did either, Marlene, when, you know, of remembering all those numbers when we had the, uh, you know, the rotary dial. I don't, I don't know. But thank the Lord that now we have these phones I mean, they're smart. It's only as smart as we are. But anyway, they have all these numbers in them. The church has an online, an instant directory. You can call up anybody's number that's in the directory. If you're not in there, we'd love you to be in there. And they can look up your name and they can call you and say, hey, can you pray for me? We've got prayer warriors in this church. We've got people who want to connect with you. Don't feel alone. Don't be by yourself. 
We're together. Amen? Say, we're together. We're together. You're not by yourself. Because we're a network for the kingdom of God. Amen? Anna, come up here right fast. We're closing. That's how a preacher gets a five more minute break. I'm closing. I'm only going to close three times. In my dismissal prayer, I want to pray for my daughter. I know she looks like she's 14. How old are you? 23? 23. She is... um, in her final year at Lee University and she's at the rough stage she's uh, having to teach each week and then she's also having to prepare lesson plans and they don't give you just one a week they give you like a ton and every teacher thinks they're the only ones some of my homeschool kids think I'm that way but anyway but uh, you know when she started three years ago one of the teachers said you'd never make it You'll never be able to be a teacher. That's what they told her. But here she is in her senior year as a 4.0 student. Overwhelmed because she is so passionate. She wants to do her best at everything she does. She hates saying no. But I know that if God's called her to this, he will also give her the ability to fulfill it. Amen? So in closing, would you just stretch your hand this way? Father, I thank you, God, Lord, that you are an abundant, loving, passionate Savior. Lord, who has called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. God, you have given us gifts and talents and abilities. And Lord, we recognize and confirm those talents and gifts that are in Anna, Lord. And we pray your hand to be on her, God, that you'll give her the wisdom, direction. Lord, that you will give her clarity, that you'll give her peace of mind. Lord, help her to find rest in you, Lord Jesus. Help us all find rest in your presence. Find refreshing in you, Lord Jesus, knowing that you are with us. And Lord, just because we've done it over and over again, Lord, help us to be obedient to your word. And if it means do it again, then let us do it again. If it means us doing it some a different way, then let us do it a different way. But ultimately, let us be your hands and feet extended to this world, showing them the passion and love that you have shown us. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.